Hi, my name is Jessica Ng, and I am a learning experience designer. You are listening to Upward Growth, a podcast to learn from professionals in the design industry. Today, I am joined with Anna Peng. Anna is helping her family run a restaurant called Great Fountain and is the co-director of Habit Factory. Our paths crossed the day when I messaged her to join the portfolio workshop at Habit Factory. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Jessica. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? You know, I can't be happier. There's a sun coming in from the background. So I'm really happy to end this week off and start it tomorrow on a weekend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you have so many things going on right now. Can you tell us actually a little bit more about Habit Factory and how you actually got the idea to start it? For sure. So I can go like all the way back to like the beginning, beginning. In school, I went to OCAD in Toronto, downtown Toronto, and I was studying industrial design. And in my final year, so I was there for five years. In my final year, I bumped into one of my old friends I met from first year, and her name is Michaela. So she ended up taking her fifth year as well. And then we also ended up being in the same class. So we bumped paths there in class. And I was just like, oh my God, like, it's like, it's so nice to see her again. Cause like literally from first year to fifth year, I never had like another class with her. And so like, I never really got to know Michaela, but fast forward a couple of months, there was like this thought in my mind where I was just like, okay, what if we could actually have like a classroom with no teachers and have everybody's like a student and it's led by students as well. And it's, there's no curriculum, but it's like project-based. There's no grades given, but just like, it's based on whether or not you completed something you're proud of. So that was the basis of like the beginnings of what we were working on. And so down the line, Michaela and I got together to basically formulate what was called a marathon at our school. So we called this like four week boot camp the marathon. And then we basically invited seven, eight students from our school to run like experimental passion project they had that they always wanted to do but they never had the time to like commit to it and so they would come in once a week where we held meetings and then uh, throughout the four weeks they would slowly make the steps to make their passion project happen alongside school so like you already know like school it's like it's already hectic you already have like enough going on your plate now that you join like a passion project boot camp like something you actually want to do like something that you like you get to work on something that you really really want right so obviously it's super hectic that was basically how it was born and then like the pandemic started so we all like had to stay at home and do our stuff for us we were in our final year so it was only like a few weeks left of actual attending courses and whatnot I think it was just like three weeks left or something or two very like we were like almost done so basically we hosted our final call of that marathon program from home and then Michaela and I had the thought like hey why don't we like continue some form of this where we could you know maybe turn it into an online thing instead 
And that was basically how the habit factory was born. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, great things happen in university because I actually went to the same one you did at OCAD. I actually did the same program too, which is really crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. So I graduated like in 2013. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I think you just graduated in 2021 or 2020. Maybe 20, just before 2020. Yeah, we just before we graduated 2020. Wow, you know what? Great things are happening at OCAD. I'm proud of the ID department. No, yeah, okay. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so really cool. great. I didn't know that much. <laughs> now, the more you know. So, the Habit Factory did this end up being your thesis project in the end for you and no. Michaela? Okay, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> It was definitely like, as we're talking about like doing passion projects with school and everything else, like that definitely was a passion project of ours. We were very much aligned with whoever we were <laughs> accepting into our program at the time. Oh, okay. So is that how businesses form? Like you actually have to have like a passion burning inside you to just keep it going whether it sinks or floats? I would say yes and no. I don't know if I'm frozen or not. Oh, I'm not frozen. Okay. Yeah. I would say like there's a yes and no. There are a lot of businesses where it's like, it's more boring. Like it doesn't rely on having an exciting burning passion idea. It's basically like you're, you're a plumber and people need you. Right. Like that's, I wouldn't say that's like super exciting. It's not super revolutionary, but it's very much needed and people are willing to pay for you. But there at like, on the other hand, there are a lot of businesses now where it's like, it's fueled by somebody who's really passionate about like a, an exciting idea. That's like, that's like non-traditional. And I think the habit factory is one of those for us. For the Habit Factory itself, I guess when it was going through the infancy to the point where it's actually growing as a business, was there anything along the way that maybe now when you look back, you thought, oh, I could have done it better? What would you have changed or what would you have told yourself to do in, in those uh, moments? Mm, I think I would have told myself to like be more brave. That's like the first one that comes to mind. Like for me, I tend to be very conservative when it comes to like growth or financials. But I think if I like looking back, I would definitely tell myself like take a bigger step. Like I know I'm taking like small steps, but I wouldn't say a bigger step is okay. <laughs> like don't be scared. Mm -hmm. I guess because there's just so many things that happen within a business. If Is there like a point where it's just like a stalemate? Like would you know what your next move would be or how can you plan your next move when you're when you're just thinking about so many other things like maybe there's like the marketing or you have to think of the next content being produced because I think it's just you and Michaela at that point it's just you and her mm -hmm. figuring out what needs to be done what needs to be outlined but how do you do how do you come up with like next steps for for yourselves for us, it's it's based on like, where do we want to grow next? So I know Michaela and I are, are two very like goal oriented, almost workaholic type people. So for us, it's it's relatively easy to find a goal that we want to work towards too. And we're both aligned with growing our career, our creative professionalism, things like that. So like, that's, that's like the... I guess core value of what we 
what we do at the Habit Factory. As long as our next steps are aligned to helping other people grow their creative careers, then that's just something we're willing to take. But at the same time, we're so like, we're still very much starting out that it's in our best interest to experiment a lot. I think it was like two months ago. So two months ago, we had the idea to start a UX interview career starter kind of workshop like that was the idea and then like fast forward later like now we're in the middle of it we're about to end the program actually so we had we hosted like a two-week run of what is called a ux interview sprint and it's basically helping new ux designers and ux researchers find their first role into the industry so we have sydney who i'm sure you've met and michaela as like the hosts of the program and they would help like a maximum of three students to kind of get their stuff together, practice interviewing, practice design challenges, practice whiteboarding challenges together as a group, like through that practice, have them just be ready for their next interview. I know Michaela's like super passionate about this specific topic because she actually did her thesis on interviewing as well or like job search in general. Like she's just super really interested in that department. So she just thought like, hey, why don't we make something to help this whole new wave of UX people find their career, their first career. Cause like you, you go on LinkedIn, right? And then you see like all these posts where it's like, oh my God, I went to, through like 300 rejections and still no, still no first job. Or like, oh my gosh, there's like a wall of three years experience minimum. And I can't get my first job without three years experience minimum, you know, like that. So basically, <laughs> I don't even remember the question at this point, but yeah, we always create uh, programs or workshops or anything else to help a specific type of creative struggling with something. And that's just been the goal for next steps at the Habit Fact. No, that's actually really awesome how it's been evolving and you're learning through maybe all the different cohorts that you're hosting to develop the next new goal. After all the experience that you have from Habit Factory and probably a little bit from your family's business as well, what do you think are the most important steps to create a good business model? The most important steps to create a most like a good successful business model I would say like for me I think it would come from like the financials like if you're not running a like a sustainable profitable business then the more you scale the more you're gonna lose like it's not it's not like magic it's just math right so if it like at the restaurant like I'm always being reminded by my mom because she's like super financially conscious like I probably got that from her so she's like super financially conscious and like every single little thing she knows like the costs and she's like okay if you're selling this this is how much profit we're making and if you're selling that this is how much we're actually not making she tells me like you should sell this instead of that you should promote this instead of that and like that has kind of helped shaped me into thinking more about the financials and like the actual health of a business, right? Because, you know, if you're not making money, then you're kind of sinking. There's like a lot going on in the business world where a lot of companies, they get like a whole lot of like money, but then they haven't had like a model running around yet. They just have like money, 
right? So they haven't proven it to be a sustainable business model yet. But then like you see these businesses just like growing, 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 like they're startups, like they have money. It's like, it's fine. But like for people who start out like bootstrappers, like myself, the first rule is just like staying afloat. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> No, I think maybe a lot of people overlook the financial part because when they start a business, they think, oh, everything's going to just magically happen. Like all yeah. of the pieces are just going to fall into place. But when you start something, maybe right off from nothing, you won't have any money unless you're funding it yourself or you need to like put the word out exactly. there. You can't just keep taking money out of your own bank to fund your business like that. Like you got to make sure that the business can function as it's like as it's growing without like extra help that's my personal philosophy i know a lot of other people have their own but that's like just how i think so is this with keeping that the financial parts in mind has that helped you kind of guide where happy factory is now to like where it wants to go um in the future mm -hmm. i would say so yeah i mean like with the money that we've been able to make like it's it's not a lot. We are still very much in the beginning phases of growing the Habit Factory, but I definitely would say that the the financials has brought us to make next decisions. Like based, like it it plays a part. It plays a part in in the decisions that we make. It plays a part in the things that we buy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'll keep that in mind when I think of if I have a business idea. There needs to be money. <laughs> to pump it <laughs> yeah like you're not you're not just running like a passion project center for yourself like there has to be a way where I know I know a lot of people don't like talking about money I love talking about money but not in like I'm like greedy for money I'm just like I want to be savvy about it that's it mm -hmm. no that's really great pointers how do you actually balance your family restaurant life with being creative because don't those two I don't know how you do it but maybe you can give a little bit more about how you do it. How I do it. So how I balance working in a family restaurant with uh, like just everything else. Yeah, like your like creative side, like you have Habit Factory on the side. Maybe you have your own passion projects that you're running too. So like if we're splitting apart like that, we do have my family restaurant, which is which takes up the majority of my week. Like I'm literally there from 1030 to like nine. And then like the rest of the hours I'm working on the habit factory and are just doing my daily writing. So I do have like a daily practice of mine where I just write and post something on LinkedIn or Instagram or like wherever else I post it. Like aside from my, my family business, all the other remaining hours are dedicated to the habit factory. So that leaves me like maximum if I'm really like, if I'm really pushing it like two hours a day to work on the habit factory, I wake up. And then I, I like, I just do, first of all, like my schedule is like, I wake up and then I brush my teeth, I get ready and then have a little bit of breakfast and then I start writing. So that's like the most important thing for me because I find that like, I, when I write, like I get a chance to be creative. I get a chance to practice my creativity. So that's why I like promised to myself that I would write every day. And then, so after that, like 10 AM, I have to go to work. And then at work, I'm just like at work. But during lunch, I get a chance to work on the Habit Factory again. So then so then I get like half an hour to kind of just do random social stuff on my phone. And then at night, 
there's like so much but like at night I come back I'm just responding to like our team slack messages and then I'm also just working like whatever is left of the habit factory like somebody needs me to make a page on the on the website somebody needs me to do like copywriting then I'm there that's like my only chance and like I think the only thing that keeps me able to do it all is just like going really fast so like I like I'm literally doing like all of these things I'm telling you without like thinking too much about it so I think the lack of time really helps with that if I gave myself five hours to write like an email, then I would take up the entire five hours. But if I gave myself 15 minutes to write that same email, I would write it in 15 minutes. Like that's, that's the rule that I've been playing throughout these past years. <laughs> that's a different way to look at it because usually when you're given so much time, you would think that you can just spend it all solely on one thing. But when you say it the way that you just did by giving yourself like 15 minutes as opposed to an hour, that really changes the scope of how you would look at the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, like it definitely like pressure just increases and like the the workflow just boom for me personally. For sure, it might not work for other creative, but I think you found your way to balance these two two businesses side by side. How do you come up with like all the ideas, like the content that you're creating for your personal writing? For our personal writing, it's mostly based on like a few key core like absolute foundational ideas so one of them is just like if you make really consistent work if you want like for example if you wanted to be a better writer then you have to write like that's like the key foundational idea for me and like just writing on a daily basis will make you a better writer in two years than if you just like did writing whenever like the creative forces wanted you to right and that would just be like maybe once a year or something like that yeah just doing small steps is like one of the key ideas for me and that's just like just one thing that I keep like rehashing every now and then the other key idea is just like what's what's like what are some things that I've learned in the past that I can help somebody else with? And that's just based on personal experience. And literally, it can come from anywhere. Like the other day, I helped blah, 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 blah. And this is what I learned. Like, that's like, that's just like a very simple thing that you can take from your day into like a piece of creative. So yeah, I just don't think too much about it. I just go and just try to write it out because a lot of the times it's it's like whatever you think is bad isn't necessarily what other people will see as like poor work because I know with creative work it's just like it's so subjective that when you say oh my god it's so ugly like you go to the person next to you and then they go like oh my god it's so cool so like it's absolutely impossible to just decide on the spot whether or not like you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I definitely do. It's in the eye of the beholder. So you never know what your work is exactly. going to do for yeah, yourself, but it's how everyone else perceives it. Yeah, that's the phrase. It's how it's not about how you perceive it, it's how everyone else perceives it. And you are not everyone else. So just like put your stuff out there and just don't think too much about it. Going on that note, would you have any advice that you would want to give to people who want to start off their own business? Like, what would you want to tell them? I would definitely say just go off your own interests and go from there. 
<laughs> like it's, it's very simple, but I mean, like now that it's like everybody wants to start like a business or like a freelance thing or like an income stream of their own. Um, that's not like solely their job. Like they want like multiple income streams, right? Like I don't see, I I can't from like personal experience, I can't see myself pursuing something for money that I don't actually have like a passion or interest, a deep interest in. Like it would just, for me, like that equates to a waste of time. But I don't know, for someone else, it might mean something entirely different. But if for, yeah, for for somebody else who just wants to start, like start something, I would just say, say like, just start something you're interested in. That's all, period. <laughs> no finances to worry about, just do it. Just do it, yeah. Okay. I, like. You don't have to have like a gigantic budget to start off with. Like literally you can start off with like a hundred bucks, depending on what you're doing, obviously. Like, I mean, before, um, before the Habit Factory, I was just doing my own little Etsy shop and like that's literally just created out of nothing but things from my room. So I'm a, like, I used to be a very crafty person. So I would just do like craft projects here and there and I would accumulate so much craft equipment and craft materials I'm just like oh my god like what do I do with this (laughs) I don't do any of that anymore but like that's literally like free stuff from my own room that I bought like so and so long ago that I can sell to somebody else for you know three bucks or like five bucks or 15 or 20 like stuff like that so literally like just don't overthink it just kind of try try and do and do what you're interested in I can relate to that a lot. I have a lot of craft stuff still in my closet. <laughs> I thought I would like always pick it up, you know, in my free time. But mm-hmm. as you <laughs> grow up and then you start seeing like different things that you're interested or passionate about, it changes when you grow older. It changes. Definitely changes. And I mean, like craft is like, it's always like a hobby, but I don't think it was always like a destined to be a business for me, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you try it out then you know exactly like you never know until you try no for sure and lastly because there's so many things going on for you at this moment what are your career aspirations Mm, for like for the restaurant for me working at the restaurant it would be just to just kind of like keep it and like make it Scarborough's most favorite restaurant to go to I think like I've been slowly chipping away at that for the duration I've been there which is like two years and a bit so like with social media and everything like I'm slowly kind of trying to like find different ways to like okay like I know that like this little food court in the middle of like the GTA like can't possibly be the like top tier kind of restaurant in Toronto but it can be somebody's favorite restaurant like like favorite and like best are two completely different things. So favorite is what I'm trying to go for. Aspiration number two with the Habit Factory is to just grow it. Yeah, it would be very nice. It would be like a very nice goal of ours to like have like a very nice following, a community that we can just share stuff with. Michaela and I have been trying to grow the community for a while now, but we haven't had like an actual kind of, step-by-step plan to have it yet but we're we are starting it now because we have grown our team so we're having our team kind of chip away at it but that's definitely a career aspiration 
number two. And yeah, that's it. That's very lovely goals. And I think that's all the time we have for today because you got to run to your family restaurant. (laughs) But thank you for joining us on Upward Growth. Thank you. Feel free to connect with me or Anna on LinkedIn. And we'll talk to you all soon.